Hello and welcome to the Sala podcast. My name is Steph and today I have the pleasure of catching up with sculpture artist Anna Horn ahead of her exhibition at Hugo Michel Gallery. We are meeting on the lands of the Ghana people today and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land. Anna, thank you for squeezing us in today. I know you're really, really busy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That's no, good. it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, obviously, you've got lots of very exciting stuff coming up, but I would love to cast your mind back to the beginnings and ask you how you came to be an artist. Um, well, it wasn't a conscious choice. <laughs> In a way, I was a classic, uh, went to art school straight after high school yeah. person. Um, I've always been surrounded by art. My mum is many things. She's a farmer, a radiographer, but also an artist. What a combo. Yeah, she's kind of a, she's crazy, kind of crazy. Um, but she actually went to Adelaide Central School of Art where I studied. There's, she has a sweet anecdote of going to classes pregnant with me. Oh, so you've been going for ages. Well, yeah, but when I, I did art in year 12 and I've, didn't really like year 12 much, but mm. I did enjoy art. Yeah. Um, but even then, I wasn't thinking of studying art at all. Um, I actually really enjoyed photography, and I have no idea why I'm not a photographer now. <laughs> um, I'm only 36, so I feel like maybe a, a medium change is coming. Um, but I was a classic school leaver where I enrolled in a bunch of uni courses, yeah. biology, Bachelor of Arts, just sort of anything and I was very undecided and mum said to me just do one year or six months of art school yeah um and see how you feel about it and it might give you some inspiration or whatever um and I don't think people realize how hard art school is sometimes it was really overwhelming but in an exciting way yeah and it does introduce you to a lot of things a lot of processes um painting drawing all of that um, but even then, I don't think at any point I was thinking I'm going to be an artist. Yeah. I yeah, nearly sort of fell into it. <laughs> yeah. And I did do it full time. And then by the fourth year, I was still doing it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know I was going to be a sculptor to, I think, the end either. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just really was kind of going with the flow nearly. Flow is good. Flow yeah. Is good. <laughs> I still feel like I'm going with the flow, just seeing what happens. It's a good vibe to continue. Um, so I, and also we were surrounded by people who are teaching who are artists. So mm-hmm. you, you were aware that it could be a professional It could be done. <laughs> it could be done. Yeah. You became aware that it could be done yeah. and that you could Less be mean. your own boss yes. and make for a living. Yeah. And I do like making things. I have an urge to make things. So, yeah. Yeah. So it just happened. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess when you, on reflection, when you think about my upbringing and lots of little things. Little things. Yeah. But still, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And, and how would you describe your practice? I know that is a really <laughs> challenging question and it kind of depends yeah. on who am I talking to. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, I'm... A sculptor, I would say my medium is sculpture, mm. um, which is broad in its own self. Yeah. Um, but I always say that I'm a material and process-based artist, yes. which sounds wordy. <laughs> um, but 
all it means is that I'm interested in exploring materials and the process of making art in my studio. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much interested in play and experimentation and building things um, and that leads to the artwork itself, I would say. Um, But how I kind of only make art in my studio um, and I use techniques like kind of uh, usual sculpture techniques like assemblage and moulding and casting particularly. I'm interested in casting concrete. Um, So those things, using those things lead to my ideas, which I'm interested in. contradictory things in sculpture and I think it would make more sense if people could see my work (laughs) yeah Um, so to describe my work I often have these um, cast elements which are made from molds that I sew up out of um, fabric and I cast concrete and heavy kind of casting materials in there there's already like a contradiction in that yeah Yeah. so I make these soft looking objects and then I will get someone else to help me uh, weld a steel frame or I make a structure and I kind of combine different materials with these cast objects. Um, And that's how I would describe my practice. (laughs) Um, But it is very much abstract sculpture and um, with some familiar elements in it, Um, usually referencing architectural materials. And I would say I'm referencing the built world. Yeah. Um, in a way but I don't like to say anything too sort of broad and big because I want <laughs> people so yeah with, I think abstraction is like that I think you need to experience it yeah. there and it is about my process and how I got to that point that yeah. gets me to the end product yeah and yeah. that's such an important thing to to note because that does separate your practice from something that is you know I pictured this and then I made it you know yeah. it's, it's more significant than it might seem yeah. yeah and also I don't do um projects so one exhibition wouldn't be about one subject it's kind of the accumulation my practice is one whole thing I feel yeah. and each exhibition kind of leads of course all artists are like this yeah, in their own yeah. Way, of course but but it's nice to not yeah. have like a clear bookend to one and then yeah. you know, go oh this is going to be so different so there's a yeah. nice flow again yeah. <laughs> going through yeah. it and it's not rep- representational but it's abstract but there are familiar elements to mm. it yeah it is hard to ex- it's hard to I really threw you a hard one there <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's good to be able to articulate yeah. this kind of practice I yeah. think yeah. yeah it's a good struggle uh, worthwhile <laughs> first encounter with your work I think was felt natural in 2014 in uh, Rye Mill Park and you had yes these concrete works encased in rope and tethered to trees and it was it was a great because the whole sort of premise of that show was sort of this type responsive um, you know walking through the park discovering artworks which was fantastic in itself Um, but it was as if your sculptures were like weighing down the branches in a way and it was this yeah great contradiction of materials um the concrete had these sort of ruts as if the rope was cutting into it um 
so yeah, and I still see, yeah, like you were saying, that flow is still there. I don't even know what question I'm asking. <laughs> there's, I can still, you know an, an Anna Horn work when you see one, for sure. Yeah. Um, what is the, spe- like, is concrete the main material or do you have quite a few that you just kind of... Um, I, I like that you brought up that show because that was actually the point where I started using concrete. Oh, so I felt like it. that was, that show um, felt natural what was also a great show because you had this little thread to hold on to the site specific yeah so yeah reacting to the trees and there was slumping and i did have just that kind of one idea of how can i make it look like my sculpture is pulling down the tree rather than the other way around it was great this tension yeah the tension um and i was like well it was outside so I, i i literally had this thought of what is heavy that someone can't take it away with them because um, <laughs> I had to be outside for 10 days yeah, yeah. and what looks heavy. Um, so, of course, it was concrete. Um, it was just such a like, oh, okay, that's obvious. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was like, I, hadn't, I had not done um, moulding and casting for a while since art school yeah. and it was this – I like to approach a material in – this nearly experimental way and try to push it its limits a little bit mm. or kind of take it in a new direction. Yeah. So I don't always kind of look into how to exactly do something. <laughs> I might have a play of it first yeah. and then maybe I'll watch YouTube videos and yeah. try to figure out things. But that one was very much like, okay, well, I'm, I want it to look light, look heavy. So I found pool floating devices like those kind of beach balls and the re- the kind of donut oh, shapes. yeah floaties <laughs> floaties yeah. yeah and I very I was like okay well I'm gonna try to put cast concrete in those and it was the process of trying to make that work and that then that led to the that led to the rope and then the bag the kind of macrame bag that I used yeah. to hang it that it was cast in that and it was a way of holding up this flexible thing with heavy oh. so it was kind of chaos in my studio to be honest oh I bet yeah <laughs> <laughs> and even though concrete's quite a simple material to use I don't think yeah I don't it's sort of so heavy and and I think people it, unlike plaster or something you don't find it at an art shop yeah you don't you can't approach it in the same way you don't have the same sort of knowledge of it um, and yeah, so I think everyone has probably made a, I don't know, a paver or mix some concrete for the garden or put a oh, Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Not even, not even. No, that. I leave it to you. <laughs> yeah. But it was this nice discovery of that material. And again, it was those little kind of discoveries along the way in the process mm. where I realized that concrete can really pick up the surface of anything. I yeah. was very surprised at how sort of delicate it was in a way that is surprising yeah. yeah so it really picked up that soft surface of the the floaties and it just created these sort of weird lumpy <laughs> soft looking shapes in Rymel Park pulling down with rope around them so I re-added the rope later yeah that I used practically to hang it um but no that was a kind of led me to using concrete a lot really and I'm interested in using the same materials over and over again and I think you can create a bit of a visual language as you said you kind of know what my work is and I I really think that is just time and energy and 
process that you end up making your own visual language in some way mm. because you're kind of working incrementally at the same yeah. materials and the same things. Yeah, and pushing. And pushing it. Yeah, yeah. and pushing it into different directions yeah. a little bit every time. So, yeah, that was the pinpoint of the <laughs> concrete no phase. Wow. I might go into a different phase, maybe. I haven't sort of got rid of concrete yet. <laughs> no, I think it's working very well for you. <laughs> Yeah. And what kind of other um, materials have come up in your practice? I use kind of steel frames as well. And recently, it's been kind of interesting because I've had other people help me fabricate things that I can't do myself. Um, I I can't weld very well. So, can't do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Artist uh, Jimmy Dodd, who has a double diamond, helps fabricate some things. Great. Um, and also I have this uh, guy that casts um, things in aluminium for me. So I've started to use uh, polystyrene and foam and sort of sculpt those things and get that cast in aluminium. But it's been interesting to take for someone to sort of take a bit of that process away. So that's been a nice step, but maybe an awkward one because I'm very much a hands-on, need-to-be-in-the-moment kind of person yeah that's an interesting what that does to the dynamic and your process and, yeah. yeah but I all I pretty much I guess the majority of my practice is creating the molds like sewing up molds and I'm um, creating that and yeah um but other materials yeah haven't branched out too much no that's good you've got your language <laughs> you're you're on it that's good <laughs> um and yeah interesting talking about that studio time um do you have to like get in a zone because if it's so experimental and you don't know exactly what you are going to end up with and you know do you do you have any tricks or special albums or <laughs> anything that you um, do to get in that zone or is it sort of by virtue of being in the space of a studio that you kind of just get into that routine I think it is by virtue of being in the space yeah I- I do find if I pass that threshold of the studio out into the real world, you know, you go home and you think about other things Mm. and you get distracted. And, um, of course I think about work outside of the studio, but really it is about being in that space and, you know, as advice to anyone that wants to have an art practice, you just, you have to be in the space in your zone to kind of think about it. And, um, it is, yeah, time, time spent in the studio and you might have some ideas and you see some things or you see some connections between things. And, but also you need busy work, I think. Creating the moulds and sewing up the moulds is often busy work. Just you might be thinking, put a podcast on or one of these podcasts on, I don't know. <laughs> yes, music. definitely this one. <laughs> um, and then you kind of stop and start because you'll be distracted by something else and you're using your hands to make something and then you go oh I'm gonna try this thing you have a little moment yeah yeah where you try something yeah so you almost have is it kind of like having two channels running on in your brain like kind of hands are doing something that they kind of know what they're doing but you can kind of tick over in your brain at the same time I think I might be an impatient person though I think (laughs) I'm not sure I can sit down for too long I've discovered that I even though I'm sewing a lot on the sewing machine I'll get up and like have a thought yeah go off and do something yeah. and I'll go back to whatever kind of time consuming thing yeah going on yeah so you've got to be keep busy yeah sorry I hope that uh, aircraft doesn't interrupt too much <laughs> um, but yeah I've thought about this a lot and how much 
I know other people might journal more or do a lot more kind of research outside of the studio before they even start a work. Yeah. But for me, it's the little discoveries I make. Sort of along the way. Along the way. Yeah. And you kind of, I was talking about this to someone the other day, another artist, um, about you have this moment and you think it's like a material moment and you're, oh my God, that is it. That is it. But then 24 hours later, you're like, that is not it. <laughs> Why did I even stuff. think that was a good idea? <laughs> like it's these ups and downs yeah, that are yeah, just yeah. quite... I like that too, a material moment. Yeah. That's kind of quite good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, again, it's about that visual language I've created for myself that I can maybe see when something is working. Yeah. Even that 24... Oh, after that 24-hour period. <laughs> after you've waited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so I think it's important to kind of follow your gut a little bit because, yeah. but only because I mean, so that it's time and accumulation of time. And yeah, and I guess knowing what your way of working is, you know, if you say I am a bit of an impatient person, you know, yeah. maybe just knowing that about yourself yeah. and going, this is how I work best. That's yeah. only a new discovery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's true. <laughs> no, it is true. <laughs> I can harness it though. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. Make it a good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and are there any um, less evident um, places that you do draw inspiration, like from you know even pop culture or you know um, artists from other areas, like musicians or um, I don't know particular objects or movements or anything like that? Or um, I feel like I'm. I've thought about this a lot as well. Yeah. That there are a lot of artists that nearly their whole life is about you can see it in their art yeah. so maybe movies they watch or music they yes. listen to or their job or um their background family background but for me I do wonder like what the connection is <laughs> but I do pick up little I'm because I'm referencing the built world mm-hmm. and very much that's I feel like that's something for, that everyone can yes. kind of connect to kind of this environment that we live in but um for me I have two sort of approaches for inspiration I often watch a lot of videos of artists talking in their studios oh that's interesting yeah so I I find that the most kind of inspiring or interesting language um so I think of art 21 videos you can find them on youtube um there's loads of stuff online that you can just watch artists and I don't even necessarily watch – I do like to watch artists I love, yeah. um, especially kind of big artists like uh, Philida Barlow from the UK and Alison Wilding, and you can watch them talk about their practice and I feel some sort of connection to their practice mm. materially or process-wise. But I do even watch videos of artists who maybe at my practice is completely opposite. Yeah. I don't know. I just enjoy – hearing them talk about the, even the small things, like the little things. Yeah. Like they'll get distracted by this a, a little collection of objects they have in their studio or they don't really even talk about the big ideas. They talk about the small things within – it's like they feel comfortable within that space. Yeah. That space is, is it kind of the canned or the, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like that for some reason that I'm attracted to that. Yeah. Um, but also things I find myself – I. Um, cycle to work when it's not boiling hot or rain. Um, and I find myself really noticing bits of architecture. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and even fence lines and oh, yeah. kind of a, sort of a 
noticing or being slightly inspired by little bits of architecture here and there. Yeah, um, that's cool. Is it only on the bike? Like, is it something? Yeah, it's weirdly only, maybe. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe it's because I... Maybe it's another zone. <laughs> yeah, it's really like meditation on the bike. Because... Or maybe that you're going so fast that <laughs> things occur to you that wouldn't otherwise. That's quite cool. And that's nice because that's sort of built into your life as well. Yeah. Now, let's get to the exciting stuff. (laughs) Um, You have an exhibition coming up very soon at Hugo Michel Gallery called Colour Me Soft. Could you please tell us about that show? Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's an exciting opportunity. Um, I love that gallery. Um, so this show is new sculpture work. Yeah. And there's going to be a, uh, maybe five to six smaller works and three larger works um, in the backspace of Hugo Michel. Lovely. Um, and, yeah, I'm really ex- I'm excited about this show. I think this show has been kind of a – offshoot of two shows I've had recently yeah so I had a few works in Neoteric for the Adelaide Festival um, focusing on mid-career artists and that was a big group show at the train station yeah Yeah. at the train station Um, and that was amazing it was a really great opportunity and I felt like I was tapping into more of emotion in sculpture more I was trying to kind of tap into this feeling of um, anxiety in a way um, and the those works explored a few different things so I might have again I don't want to kind of talk too much about the reference of something I'm looking at like research I'm doing or something mm-hmm. I'm reading because I don't think the work fully um, shows that yeah, yeah, yeah like it gets so far from that yeah, but it was still a you know yeah a thread yeah. a thread at the start um, and it was kind of nearly a negative show in a way because there was, a, I guess it was pandemic time and there yes. was coming out of it and there was a lot of sort of anxiety in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second show was um, for the Centre for Creative Health. Um, there was a small group show at Denton's on Goodger oh, yes. um, called Shifting. Yeah. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was a really, actually a really nice group show and you could the curatorial theme was shifting and each artist could take what they wanted from that yeah um and I it was that was kind of broad and vague but it was something it was kind of good it was something I could kind of hold on to and think about and I started thinking about temporary shelters and this feeling of things so I was thinking about the aesthetics of um the built world yeah the feelings around how we feel about stability and instability. And, you know, it's in this moment where, you know, we're thinking about the environment and we're thinking about housing mm. and there's all this stuff in the air about instability yes. or from all different angles. So I really wanted to, with that show um, at Denton's, I really wanted to explore more of these materials about how trying to build this feeling of building up and trying to sustain something, but it might crumble, it might eventually degrade. And it's that feeling that we have, you know, where you you want a home and you want to maintain it and you want a roof over your head. Yeah. And 
and know that it will continue and to be know around. that it will continue yeah. but inevitably it's going to you know degrade i think it's this human i'm interested in this human desire to kind of um keep going keep building up mm. non-stop and nearly avoid this idea that things will change and yeah. things that yeah. struggle with change. Yeah, it's almost like if you do enough, <laughs> yeah. you can outrun it. <laughs> yeah, so, and I, I, I guess there was a kind of a negativity to that feeling, like this like anxiety of, mm. um, and I've been thinking about how um, sculpture work, especially abstract sculpture work, can hold an emotion and mm. feeling um, through material. Yeah. So, but I wanted this show, Colour Me Soft, and it's a play on that, that kind of term, colour me something, like yeah. you might say colour me an emotion. Yeah. Um, and I wanted it to kind of suggest something more positive um, about these materials. And um, so I've kind of created, along the lines of that neoteric work and the shifting work, um, playing on those materials of... Um, yeah, architecture and temporary shelters and lots of things. So there'll be like rope and tape and bubble wrap and cool. spray paint and cool. <laughs> um, very much in this like the my kind of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's going to be incorporated a bit more color this time, which has been an interesting choice. Lovely. Because I often use inherent color. I will yeah. add color to my concrete um, uh, or just use the color that comes with the thing mm. um, but this time I've made a lot of color choices oh. as well so contrasting colors a bit more bold well, this is maybe exciting. more happy colors yeah yeah <laughs> this is such an interesting point then like to be like yes I've had those two shows build up too so yeah. yes I'm very excited to see yeah so I think it's important to mention those two other shows and mm. maybe look up images of those works yeah we'll um, put them in the show notes for yeah. sure yeah <laughs> um, the color has been yeah interesting yeah yeah yeah, I'm interested in those oppo- like opposing colours and yeah, well that connection with contradiction colour. is a that's not new, but I guess yeah, yeah it's that's very feels cool. new for me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm definitely excited to go and check that out now. I feel like you've just given me a teaser <laughs> of what to expect. Um, do you have um, casting back to you know the history of your practice? Do you have a favourite memory of someone interacting with your work? Um, I do, and again, it's from that felt natural show that was outside. I had no idea that that was such a I know, know I, piece. I know. When I talk about my practice, I realise that it was a real moment. But um, I have a funny little anecdote about that show, and some people think it's a bit negative, but I've put a positive spin on it, yeah. and I see it in a positive way. So Good. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> so because it was one of my. F- I actually might have been my first time I've had to install something outside in yeah. public. So there was all those considerations mm. which led to using concrete. Yes. Um, but because of this visual kind of play between is it light, is it heavy, um, basically after it was outside for 10 days yeah. um, and we had to deinstall on a Sunday and uh, a friend of mine, my housemate at the time, bless him um had to do a bit of work after this but he we rocked up to pick the work up to kind of i needed an extra hands because they were probably oh somewhere between 30 and 50 kilos each yeah to really put people off yes like but when we rocked up to the park one was missing 
So we, we were, what? how is that possible? And then there was the rope as well or just the... Well, no, there was evidence. Like, so the rope was sort of a few metres away. But then there was, I don't know if it was relevant, but then there was sort of a vodka bottle. It's a story. <laughs> yeah. Because it was a Sunday morning and it was near the city. And I was like, did someone get drunk and take the work? But then we realised there was all these little bits of like rope and that kind of bottle yeah. leading to the Rymel Park lake. Oh, yes, the lake. Yeah. So we're like, it's in the lake. <laughs> so we went over there and it was literally someone had picked it or people had picked it up and thrown one of them. It was kind of this round, very much a beach balls type oh, round shape. That's weirdly ironic. <laughs> and had thrown it into the lake. And some people were kind of horrified for me. But oh, I was yes. like, no, this is kind of hilarious because they saw it as a challenge they could say they might have just been damaging artwork I don't know but I see it as they like no I can pick that up that does look like a softball I'm gonna try to pick that up and do something with it yeah so and then my my poor housemate it was a bit stronger than me had to get in the water and like to wait (laughs) wait another photo of him wading into the water which I could probably send you actually (laughs) it'll be a hero shot (laughs) yeah so I thought that was it didn't damage the work okay so maybe that's why I have a positive view yeah yeah it really was just this challenge I guess yeah yeah putting it in the lake yeah and (laughs) their view of the material based on how it was presented yeah yeah I like that (laughs) only because it wasn't damaged that's yeah yeah. but I will say a a positive thing I was thinking about this question and I was like, I better say something nice. (laughs) Um, But I have to say uh, a general interaction with my work, I get a lot of kind of great um, connection with other makers and artists. I think makers and artists are kind of really attracted to my work. Mm. So that I, I have a lot of nice conversations with people like that about the work. And for me, that is generally the most positive Mm. interaction have with my work I know that's not a story but no that's nice. yeah it's just added to that nice <laughs> <laughs> no that is nice and yeah I haven't thought about it but it, yes your work would absolutely yes there would be no holding back from how did you do and yeah. you know <laughs> yeah oh amazing um well I won't dig too much deep because I think we just need to get along to that show and, and follow <laughs> but where can we follow along with your work online do you have a website Instagram um I've mainly use Instagram lovely I do have a website that I I think is quite a good website but I have not updated it in a while we're all guilty of that that's fine yeah <laughs> so uh yeah Anna Horn on Instagram and yep. just um annahorn.com.au I think nice and yeah. easy wonderful yeah I'm not a great <laughs> social media person but I try well my you're best. busy in the studio your hands <laughs> are covered in concrete it's <laughs> yeah brilliant well we won't begrudge you that um Thank you so much for your time and we'll see you at the show. Yeah, (laughs) thank you so much.